Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 1, reading from the New International Version, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the holy and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. The faith and love that sprang from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth. The gospel that has come to you all over the world, this gospel that is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard and understood it, God's grace and all its truth. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister on Christ's behalf and who told us of your love in the Spirit. I want you to go now to chapter 4. Chapter 4 and verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ, Jesus, sends his greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Heropolis. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you've done today. What a powerful day. What a day of breakthrough. And now what you're doing in this service, your spirit is here. Your power is among us. You're healing people, touching people, and bringing hope and strength. God, I thank you for what you're going to do in this message and this commencement of our King School of Ministry graduates. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Again, we do have some notes for you. Oftentimes, little-known people have been greatly used by God. I said little-known people have been greatly used by God. Uh, there, I, I, have, um, uh, I read biographies. I should say I listen to them. I listen to biographies. And uh, one of the ones, I, a biography I'm working through is 50 Christians every Christian should know. Many of these men and women of God you don't hear anything about. Read books like uh, Bruchko. Anybody know the, the, the great missionary, Bruchko? Well, every, every, everyone should read that book, and all of your kids should read it. And there's people who have done amazing things in Christendom and have passed on into glory and, and received their inheritance, and, and we don't know anything about them. You said, should we know things about them? Well, sure. I don't think you need to necessarily make it your life goal, but it's important to understand that God uses everybody. Even though we may feel insignificant, God uses us. I did not know when that Russian congregation was meeting here that we made a way for them that had we not made a way, maybe there would have, I don't, maybe, they, maybe they would have had trouble. And so, and they had no idea that they're, they're, we gave them a great deal on rent and the little rent that they paid was like a hallelujah. And all these years later now, 
the impact. But as they're introducing me, I'm thinking, are they, are they talking about us right now? You know, how we impacted them and the gift of leadership. I don't know who they're talking about. I thought they were talking about Pastor Kirsten or something. I, no, honestly. We, we really see dimly. Many times in life we see through a straw about how, uh, how effective we are. And we're not doing it for men, and we're not doing it for the applaud. We're not doing it for the ring. We're not doing it for the robe. We're not doing it for a crown. We're doing it for the one who died on a cross and rose again for us. That's who we do it for. And if you do it, you know that you're doing it for him when you're, like, totally despised and rejected, and you still just get up and do it again because Jesus called you to do it. And so we all need an, a word of encouragement. But Epaphras is not known... I, I, the first, I mean, I'd been saved by, I don't know, probably 15 years when I first heard about Epaphras. I'd read, skipped through his name. I mean, so there's so many names. I get to genealogy. Sometimes I just pray in tongues, get to the end, because I can't pronounce any of the names anyway. And the only reason I can, pr- I can pronounce Epaphras or Epaphroditus is because uh, I listened to it. I, I, I went to the Blue Letter Bible, and it had this little thing, and you could press this deal. Said, you know, Epaphroditus is his full name. But I never heard messages on him until now. His name means, when it was common for the first century, means lovely, fascinating, charming. Epaphras, if you study his, his, his life or take a look at, I mean, you have to look hard because he's not a main character. But Epaphras was the founder of the church at Colossae. He's the, he's the founder of the church that Paul's writing to in the book of Colossians. Epaphras founded it. Not only that, but in Heropolis as well. He's an, he was an evangelist, a church planner, and churches thrived under his leadership. And you can read Revelation 3. That's Laodicea. That one didn't work out so well. They got lukewarm, but, but uh, they say that he's the one that founded that. Epaphras was a man who probably got saved under the Apostle Paul's ministry in, in Ephesus. And you could read about that in the book of Acts. That's probably where he came to Christ. Look at Epaphras' life. He was a disciple and a disciple maker. He was what? A disciple and a disciple maker. I got so encouraged when I first heard about his life because I thought, oh my gosh, that's me. That's me. I, I'm one of Dr. Morocco's disciples. And I thought, oh my gosh, I could plant a church. I could do something. I could be a part of the company of Epaphras's. When I first heard it, I, I, I think we were in full-time ministry back then, but I, you know, I didn't think... You know, God could use us very much. You know, the enemy was working on me. You know, you can't spell. You got issues. You're not very, I didn't know he would send me people that can spell. I can't spell, but my secretaries can. Come. I can't organize, but Pastor Kirsten can. Come on, somebody. Ah! You know, I used to think that you had to be the best at everything to be a great leader. That is a lie from the pit. You just have to, you just have to run your lane and, and be a part of a team. I'm so thankful for a team. Epaphras was a part of a team. How many of you are thankful for a team? I am. He was most likely from, from Colossae. He saw the Apostle Paul really as his father, as, as a mentor, and personally tied to him. In fact, he's, he's, he's there. When Paul's writing this letter, 
He's with Paul. Wow. It's interesting in the text that I need to put my glasses on here. Let me show this to you. Go to go to Colossians 1 verse 7. You learned it from Epaphras. See, the church in Colossae was having some issues. And this word learned, learned it is, is an interesting word. It's systematic instruction. It's, he used this verb, perhaps, say, some, commentary, some commentators. He used this verb, you learned it, to specifically endorse Epaphras because there were others in Colossae that were not teaching the right thing. And he wanted to separate Epaphras from the rest of those clowns. He was a disciple of Paul. He was trained to be an evangelist, a church planner. And Paul's prayer is so powerful. We didn't read through it, but it really is just so powerful, and you should take a look at that. In fact, all the prayers of the Apostle Paul are powerful. He extended the church uh, by preaching the gospel in new territories. You know, we will plant that church in Amsterdam. I was driving here, the Lord told me to tell you. We will do it. And uh, I feel like I've been given some express instructions even on the way here. We will plant churches all over the world. We will plant churches in the villages of Alaska. Can somebody say amen? We will plant churches. How is that going to happen? How are you going to do that? I'm not going to do it. You are. All of you are called to be in a, co a company of Epaphrasus. It's going to happen. Warfare has been intense lately. It's going to happen. By the way, if you've been feeling the heat of the battle, must mean you're doing something. I've found the devil throws the kitchen sink at you when he's nervous. He must be double nervous because I got hit with two kitchen sinks just last week. Yeah, Epaphras extended the church, planted churches for the glory of God. And those churches saw the Apostle Paul as their father. The Apostle Paul had never been to Colossae. He'd never been to these different places, and they refer to him as their father. How is that? Because Epaphras was so tied to the Apostle Paul that it, 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 related, it's, it reminds me of what we're doing here at King's. It reminds me that, yeah, I mean, how many times do you hear me talk about Dr. Morocco? Why would I talk about Dr. Morocco? I had somebody say, you know, you, you probably shouldn't talk about Dr. Morocco too much. You want to fight or something? You want, you want, is that what you want to do? I was at a church planning conference years ago, and they were asking us, how are we planting so many churches, and how is it that you don't have any splits? And they're trying to discuss the whole thing. And they say, I would say these, these pastors don't turn on you and, and uh, Dr. Morocco's being very gracious. And I just thought, oh, they, they don't get it. I raised my hand. I was a part of the pastors that were there. And Dr. Morocco looked at me and said, Pastor Daniel, you want to share something? I said, yeah, I do. I would in no wise backstab you than my own blood father. I'm totally committed to you. I would never hurt you, never undermine you. I am committed like till death do us part committed. And I hear some other pastor on the other side of the uh, other side of the meeting hall say, uh, conference over. In other words, 
Covenant relationship is what we develop, is what we, is what we cultivate here. That's what Epaphras was. He was, a, he was a brother who was in covenant with the Apostle Paul, in covenant with God, and he was changing the world. Powerful. Opened up whole new territories. He tied people to the Apostle Paul and saw him as the authority of the church. Look at verse 12. I, I, I kind of preached that just now. He tied people to the Apostle Paul. Look at verse 12. I'm sorry. That's uh, Colossians 4 and 12. Epaphras, who is one of you. So one of who? Who's he writing to? Church, Church of Colossae. So who is Epaphras? He's a Colossae guy. And a servant of Christ Jesus sends his greetings. He's always wrestling for you in prayer. That word wrestling is a very violent word. I'm not sure uh, if you know what that means. Have you ever wrestled for someone in prayer. I really didn't know what it was until, honestly, uh, you know, call me selfish. You're right. But it wasn't until my daughter was in a procedure room in a hospital, flatlining as a newborn, about five hours old, with the lungs full of fluid and her heart failing. And, uh, you know, I guess technology wasn't what it was back then. I think the hospital was kind of like the Flintstones a little bit back then there. And uh, I was the one that indicated to uh, the doctors and nurses, and they were doing the best they can, but I guess it wasn't plugged in and there was no alarms going off. But I'm looking at my baby and I watch her flatline and I, I, I watch her turning colors and I ran to the, you know, I ran down to the, I don't know what they call the nurse's station. Hey! And they're like, I said, get in there now! And they're like, you need to calm down. I said, you need to do your job. And I got in trouble, and they dragged me off into a back room and told me the security's going to take me off. I said, I'll calm down when you get, you get her healed. Well, I was certainly um, uptight. Sometimes you need to get upside over things. For whatever reason, I think it wasn't their fault. I think the devil was trying to kill my daughter, who just graduated from university. And they had to do this procedure, and as they're doing this procedure, something turned in me that I've never had happen before. This fire, this wrestling stirred in me until that miracle happened. Some people don't know what it is to lay hold of the horns of the altar, as they say in Old Testament language. Don't know what it is to pray through. Don't know what it is to take hold of the promise of God and push through and rebuke the enemy and rebuke the lies and don't receive the report and contend for what God said. I had a promise from God. We fought. And she was able to come through the other side. Like I said, she graduated from university. There is a wrestling. That, that, that is the picture of Epaphras. He wrestled in prayer for his people. Do you do that for your family? Don't raise your hand. Think about that. When's the last time you did a 21-day fast for your family? 
When, you know, I, when's the last time you, you, you really said, okay, I am going after it. I am going to pray until they come through the other side. That wrestling, sometimes I think we don't pray like the first century church did. He wrestled for them in prayer. He was willing to identify, moving on in the notes, he was willing to identify with the Apostle Paul. I mean, he's <laughs> in his time of need. Epaphras reminds me of many of our staff and many of our volunteers and many of our pastors. And the truth is, it's a call to every one of you graduates that God wants you to be an epaphras. Yeah, oh no, God wants me to be an apostle Paul. Okay, well. <laughs> why don't you try being epaphras and you might end up as an apostle Paul. Why don't you try serving and wrestling and praying and being willing to do the hard thing. No, I need, I need an apostolic card. No, I'm going to hand out the apostolics card and then everybody's going to know I'm the apostolics. pretty sure that that accent fits no category in the United States, so I shouldn't be offending anybody. <laughs> Listen, if you're faithful in the little things, he'll make you ruler over much. And sometimes there's, there's challenges and difficulties, and, and it doesn't make sense. You know, I, uh, I was talking to Dr. Morocco numerous times during the week and uh, was talking to him uh, yesterday, I believe, and uh, we prayed together. And he says to me, uh, Daniel, on the, uh, that Wednesday, I'm going to be in the islands. I'm going to take a vacation and give my kids a, a, a vacation at a conference in Hawaii for graduating. Daniel graduated high school, and Hannah graduated university. In fact, we'll have a, the, the graduates will walk on the 23rd next Sunday night. So if you're, you, you bring graduates, we want to honor them and bless them. We'll call graduates up and have a time of celebration next Sunday night. That's high school graduates and university or college graduates. You need to register to see Minister David. Right, thanks. <laughs> and he says to me, he says to me, uh, Pastor Daniel, would you be able to speak on Wednesday night at the cathedral? And I said, oh, yes. And he said, uh, great. I said, I started laughing. I said, you know, Pastor, uh, I can count on one hand. In fact, that is, this will be the, you know, except for three-minute exhortations, that will be the third time in 25 years that I've preached behind the pulpit of Dr. James Morocco at the cathedral. This will be the third time. Yeah. Not a three-minute exhortation, a full message. And so I said that. He said, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> you know, but the Lord had to bring me in a process of becoming uh, uh, faithful. Had to, had to teach me. Had to teach me. See, some, some of you, listen, uh, uh, you, you KSM students, God may elevate you very quickly. And then some of you might just have your hand to the plow and have to plow for a while. I don't understand how it is. God is the one who elevates. You be faithful in what God called you to do. But it didn't happen yet. Shut up. Serve. 
Get your, get, your, get your pat on the back, get your encouragement from the Lord, and do your best like Epaphras. Believe me, he didn't think he'd, we'd be talking about him millennium later. And we are because God wants to bring about a company of Epaphrases. And you will go through tests. You will go through challenges. I just love that. Doctor, I said, it's going to be the third time. He said, well, that's normal. I said, I know. I should preach on Epaphras while I'm there. Let me ask you this question in closing. Are there Epaphrases among us? And I say yes. I'm one. He's one. She's one. She's one. I see them all over. And I want you to know that it's the, it's the people like that that are committed to wrestle, to, to walk in covenant, to go to the hard place, to do what God called them to do that caused nations to open, that caused ministry to be birthed. That causes power to be put on display in the marketplace. And that's ministry too, please. Understand. Marketplace. We need people in government. Thank God for the Mayor Ednas of the world. Thank God for those who are loving God and are serving Him with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. Uncompromised, can't be purchased, can't be bought. People of conviction. That's what we need. It says in the Psalm 2. I have installed my king in Zion. You know, God wants to install you in the high places of our nation and the nations of the world. I, I, I so love our brothers from Ingenuity because you're genuine. I can see a fake a mile away. You are not that. You are genuine. You love God. And he said, I'm so glad to be here and not putting together programs for Satan. <laughs> Something to that effect. But the Lord does put you in positions where you can influence and bring the message of the truth of God's word in a place of, you know, high technology and productions and, you know, uh, tours and, and professional music artists and Las Vegas. They, they do stuff like that. And God, God can trust someone like that to bring the word into those places. We need you to serve, to be an Epaphras. Come on, in lighting, audio, and video, to be in politics, to be a school teacher, to be whatever God has called you to be, a business owner. All of us are supposed to be ordained preachers of the gospel. Is there an Epaphras among you? Is there an Epaphras here? Come on, raise your hand if you're like, man, I won't do that. That's me. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do my job. Vision will be fulfilled through Epaphrases. They will not be fulfilled any other way. We will see the vision. Vision 500 we're in. I think we have a week to plant 150 churches. <laughs> not quite sure how that's going to happen. We push. We labor. You know, we, we believe Pushing to Oprah Anchorage, just couldn't quite get the thing to, but we tried. We ain't done. We'll do it this year. We drive, we pray, we wrestle, we, we walk together, we give, we fast, and God opens up territories, and it's amazing. So we might be 100 short or 150 short. But I remember a few years ago, it was to 12, 12, 12. I remember just a couple years ago, we're going to break 100 extensions. We're at 350, not bad. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. 
And you know how it's happening? Through people like you, through people like me, through Epaphrasus, committed to the vision. You've got to commit to serve. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.